With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. And welcome here to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, we are on the road, so we'll have no Robin Washett this week, uh, no David Eichold as uh, we are making our way on the road, wrapping up this satellite camp tour. And uh, for Nate, it started last week on Saturday um, and Friday down in St. Louis at Lindenwood. And then we were in Atlanta on Wednesday as Nebraska was at Kennesaw State. They had close to 1,200-plus kids or more there. Um, and Nebraska had four coaches at that event. And then on Thursday, we wrapped things up in Miami as Nebraska was at Florida Atlantic and Florida International. So this will be a special uh, recruiting edition. It is recruiting season. We are in camp month right now for Nebraska as the Huskers held two individual camps on campus um, for high school prospects, both on Wednesday and Thursday on top of the satellite camp. So we've learned a lot. We've spent a lot of time with the coaches. In fact, uh, we're going to hear from Eric Shenander, Javon DeWitt, and Travis Fisher on the show here today as I sat down and talked to each one of those coaches one-on-one um, on the road here, but uh, let's first get uh, to the news, Nate. Uh, the, the commits for Nebraska, we taped last Thursday's show, and man, they are not slowing down. I mean, uh, I think there was this fear that, God, things have kind of hit a wall. Nebraska's not really getting any recruits. They have one of the fewest commit totals in the Big Ten, and then before you know it, four or five guys jump on the boat after we taped our show last Thursday. Yeah, it's been pretty wild. Uh, I mean, following spring football and, and Coach Frost's comments about <clears throat> them kind of wanting to to take things slower and that they're not going to fill up fast and they want to wait until the fall. I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of nervous about some of those comments. And, and then all of a sudden, June comes around and, and they are reeling in uh, commitments left and right and, and adding – some some other additions to the to the roster immediately. I mean, this has been a really really busy first week, uh, you know, on the recruiting front or, or and as far as roster additions go. But uh, I mean, extremely productive when you look at who they've picked up um, and, and the positions that they've gotten these guys at. And I, I think you have to start with Luke McCaffrey. I mean, anytime you get a quarterback. Uh, commit. I mean, that's that's generally you know the key piece in your class, or or one of the key pieces in your classes. Uh, and I think to get a guy like Luke McCaffrey, uh, not only does he fit the system, you know, athletically, I think he fits the scheme extremely well. But he's a well-known name. He, he's a kid in the state of Colorado. Uh, which is a place that, that they've you know really tried to make a push in. Uh, Barrett Rood's done a great job recruiting guys in there, and, and they've offered, uh, I think, nine guys between 2019 2020 in that state. So uh, I think when you can add a guy like that, uh, it's, that's a pretty big deal. Then you look uh, down the line. Uh, you, you mentioned quarterback Luke McCaffrey, but 
Um, I think arguably the highest ranked recruit Nebraska got this week was Rivals 250 linebacker Jackson Hanna from Nashville. And um, he pretty much said to some media outlets he took a visit to Lincoln um, just for kicks and giggles, not even really expecting to consider Nebraska. And not only was he blown away, he was so blown away and moved. The next thing you know, he told Barrett Rude, he told Scott Frost, I want to be a Husker. Yeah, that, that was uh, it was an interesting development because <clears throat> when you look at uh, his uh, his offer list, I mean, it's primarily SEC schools. He he has Alabama, he has LSU. I mean, he's he's got pretty much every SEC school except for Georgia. Um, I mean, there's a, there's definitely an SEC flavor, a, a South flavor with all of his offers, and so uh, Nebraska was kind of that one program that that he was interested in, but it didn't, I guess it didn't really, you know, fit the, the narrative, I guess, uh, when you look compared Nebraska to all the other offers that he had, but, uh, that they knocked that visit out of the park. Uh, I spoke with, with Jackson and his father, and they just said it, from the moment that they stepped on campus, it was just a different feel and the people at Nebraska made a huge impact on them. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's got nice facilities. Everyone has all these bells and whistles, but it's, it's really, a lot of times it comes down to the people that you're around and whether it's the football coaches, the support staff, you know, the, the guys, the guys in the academic department, even, you know, athletic trainers. I mean, everyone made an impact on, on Jackson Hanna and his father. And um, he goes ahead and pulls the trigger. And I think he's a tremendous fit. He reminds me of, you know, of, of uh, a handful of other linebackers that Barrett Rude's uh, recruiting. They all kind of seem to have the same traits. They're smart football players. Uh, you know, physical guys play with great technique, uh, and that's exactly what Jackson Hanna does. And, and like I said, he's a Rivals 250 guy, really, uh, really nice pickup out of SEC country. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus. We are in Fort Lauderdale um, here taping the show as uh, we have a wrap now on this satellite camp tour, and we're going to hear more from the Husker coaches and delve more into the camp itself, but still more names um, to, to cover and talk about Nate uh, you know, Desmond Bland, an offensive lineman uh, that commits to Nebraska um, as well. And then, you know, he, he's a junior college guy from Arizona Western. He's their third player. But um, another junior college guy they added late as well for this um, upcoming season that's a junior that will be immediately eligible to play. He's here right now, Will Jackson. Um, so Nebraska continues to add on the junior college ranks. When you count Will Jackson, I believe that's six guys now for last year's class. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, they've really done a good job of, of kind of turning the roster. I mean, they, they've had eight scholarship players. When you go back to Zach Darlington's departure in March, they were at 90 scholarships, if you count Noah Vedral. They got down to 72. Um, now they're all of a sudden back up to that 85 number. Yeah, uh, some really nice additions there on the JUCO ranks. And, I mean, that's what Nebraska should be doing. Uh, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the hiatus they took from recruiting the JUCO ranks, I think, was, was a bad move. Uh, I like that, that they're being, you know, fairly aggressive on that front. They're not just taking guys to take guys either. They're, they're taking quality players. Um, I, I like the Jack, the Will Jackson addition. You know, anytime that you can pick up a, a 6'3 corner uh, that's physical, uh, that, that has put up good numbers, that was an SEC bounce back, 
um, you know, and that's going to be eligible for you immediately at a, at a position that's arguably the thinnest on the entire team. I think that's a great addition. Um, and I'm a huge Desmond Bland fan. Uh, I mean, dating back all the way to when he was a sophomore in high school. You know, he visited Nebraska for one of their first ever Big Red weekends uh, back in 2004 under Bo Pelini's staff. Uh, John Garrison, oddly enough, who we ran into and, and talked at, at the Florida Atlantic camp and at the Kennesaw State camp here in, in, uh, on the satellite camp tour, he was the one who was recruiting Desmond Bland for Nebraska all the way back in the day. And uh, things kind of came full circle there. You know, he went to Arizona Western after he didn't qualify academically and, and was a, a junior college He's going to spend three years there, right? Uh, yeah. Three seasons. Well, this will be his third. But he redshirted one of the three. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a, he was a freshman all, or he was an all American as a freshman there. Uh, and I, and I have no reason to, to believe that he won't be you know, another all American, uh, this, this coming season. So, um, what's, what's interesting about him is he, I mean, I think he could probably play any position, uh, along the line. Uh, you know, there's a good, good chance that he'll play the center position, you know, after this season, play guard, you play tackle. But yeah. He could honestly, he could, he's athletic enough that he could play anywhere up front. Uh, and he's fun to watch. If you haven't watched this film, I urge you to go do it because there's, there's a lot of guys on their backs. He's, he's, he plays with a little bit of an edge, which I think will be fun uh, once he gets to Lincoln too. And then the last guy we haven't even hit on that's been added in the last week uh, Utah graduate transfer, Baja Van Vanuku. Vanuku, but not your typical um, deal here. I mean, this is a guy that waited a year and then took his Mormon mission when he was 19, um, and and then he after he took the mission enrolled to B or not BYU Utah, played two seasons there, redshirted one, played another, um, but had a foot injury, and then before the start of his third year there, um, this past season. Um, he was uh, he medically retired from football, and then now he graduated because I mean he is twenty what twenty five. He's twenty four, twenty five. And then he'll have two more years of eligibility um, remaining to play at Nebraska, and because he's been medically cleared by Nebraska's doctors, he can leave his medical retirement as long as it's not at Utah. It's a thing that we've never really dealt with. I mean, you got a, a Mormon mission guy. That medically retired, that's a grad transfer. I mean, that's a mouthful <laughs> when you're trying to, like, explain that just to the average Joe fan that just says, I want to go to the game and sit in South Stadium. I don't <laughs> want to know all this stuff. But you know all that stuff. There's so much to that story. But he could end up being pretty good. Yeah, he could really could. He was the strongest player on Utah's football State team. champ in the shot. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a big addition. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, he's, he's – kind of cut out of that mold of a Carlos or Khalil Davis where I think he could play anywhere up front, whether it's at the nose tackle position or, or at defensive end, you know, kind of lining up as a five technique. So, uh, but he's a big, powerful guy, obviously very mature at, at 24, 25 years old. Um, and this is, I think, just another a great example of Nebraska being, uh, being aggressive and, and always trying to trying to see how they can improve their roster. I mean, they, they kind of – they were uncovered the you – know, Eric Shenander made the rounds. Yeah. I mean, Eric Shenander's been everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was really in Utah. Has. He was in Alabama, Iowa. He's been in Hawaii. He's been in Arizona. He's been – he really has been everywhere during the spring evaluation period. And, and this is, like I said, a great example of them kind of using their connections and, and, and really just trying to, trying to find out any, any type of angle they can to, to help improve this roster immediately. You, so you look at the numbers now. They're at 85, and you know they, they were 
well over. Then they got under. Now they're back to 85. So um, it, it's very interesting just watching the quote-unquote roster management as somebody from Nebraska used the words to us. And uh, they are on roster management meetings all the time. And I think there's more guys that have left that they just haven't announced. So, um, you know, they're still in the market. Nick Watkins, um, I, you know, the graduate transfer from Notre Dame, never ended up visiting Nebraska and, you know, spending enough time here on the road. We got a pretty good read that, you know, Nebraska just kind of went their own way. It just wasn't going to work with Nick Watkins. Um, you know, I, I think he wanted to go through a recruiting process a little bit and be wined and dined and, they never could really get him settled in on a visit to Lincoln. And uh, I think if he would have came for a visit in May, um, he's probably got a pretty good chance to be here. But um, here we are over a weekend now to the, the first you know group of classes at Nebraska, and he's going to Houston. Uh, still some other movement out there, though, Nate. Maybe another grad transfer or two. Yeah, I think there there are a couple of names that are still floating around out there. Um, and and like, like I mentioned, I think that – the one thing that we know for sure is that this staff is is they're going to work every angle they can and and try to try to uncover some guys if they can find somebody that will help this team immediately uh, or help improve the roster. I think that they're definitely going to be doing that. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how these next you know six to seven weeks kind of play out before Big Ten media days and, and uh, obviously fall camp. Yeah, Cameron Jeffries would be the other name to watch. Um, he told the News Herald in Ohio, he's a Bowling Green grad transfer, that he's down to Cincinnati and Nebraska. He has not visited Nebraska. Um, I spoke with the sports editor um, on Friday morning, Mark uh, Politsky from the News Herald, and he thinks probably Cincinnati is where Jeffries ends up. Um, but he's been on record saying Nebraska was in the mix. Um, so still not done, but, um, you know, probably not going to come to Nebraska at this point. But, yeah, the, it's going to keep moving, and um, we're going to keep moving. we got a busy show on tap here. Um, you're going to hear from three of the Husker assistant coaches in our next three segments. Uh, we're going to start out with outside linebackers coach Javon DeWitt. Had a wonderful conversation with him. We talked about being back in Miami um, as well as um, just some of the current players on the roster, Breon Dixon, Caleb Tanner, um, the great spring of Tyron Ferguson. So all of that's next. You'll hear from Eric Shenander and Eric Fisher as well, uh, Travis Fisher as well here uh, throughout the show. Then Nate and I will give some final thoughts on what we saw in Atlanta and Miami. That is all next on this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, I'm here in Fort Lauderdale on the special satellite camp edition of the HOL show. We've been on the road all week with Nebraska's coaching staff in both Atlanta and Miami. Nate Klaus was even in St. Louis um, for the satellite camp at Lindenwood on Saturday. And one of the fun things about these trips is you get to spend – a lot of time uh, with Nebraska's coaches at the different camps. And uh, we had a chance to catch up with several of them as they joined us this week on the Husker Online Show. And uh, first guy we talked to was outside linebackers coach Javon DeWitt. Sean Callahan here. We're in Boca Raton at the Florida Atlantic Satellite Camp. And it's kind of a second home for you with uh, lineback outside linebackers coach Javon DeWitt from Nebraska. Uh, you still have a home in this area. You spent some time working here at Florida Atlantic. It's got to be fun to get back out here. Yeah, it's really cool to get back down to South Florida. You know, like you said, I have a house you know, down the street a little bit, a couple miles down the road. And for me to be able to come back down this way and help coach at some, some places, it's been really fun. It's been 
awesome. Yeah, when you, when you look at just the talent in this area, um, you, you know the lay of the land here. I mean, what kind of kids have you seen just over the course of the year? I mean, just when you speak broadly about uh, the type of kids you guys at Nebraska are looking for in this part of the country. Yeah, you know what, I think you get, I mean, there's a reason why every major school and every every school, really not even just major school, every school in the country comes here to recruit is because the type of the kids that you get, and there's a culture that just starts down here from a very early age where, you know, football is important. It's really important. I mean, you can go to like any park in Broward County uh, at any given point on the weekend, there's gonna be 150 kids out there playing one-on-one and seven-on-seven. You could see eighth graders out there lining up with NFL guys. So it's really kind of, the culture just breeds the mentality that you really want and toughness and and, and hard-nosed kids. When, you know, you got what you guys did at Central Florida, that obviously earned you a lot of respect and credibility around the state. When you go around and recruit now, I mean, how much do people still talk to you guys about uh, the magical year you guys had? Uh, quite a bit, actually. It's pretty cool because obviously a lot of the kids that we had over there were from South Florida, uh, even more so after we got there. So uh, a lot of those guys were really appreciative of the way we handled our business with our guys, you know. And for us, as much as it was about, you know, congratulating us on the season that we had, which was really fun and special, it was really kind of how we built a relationship with our players and our guys, and they know that when you know those guys come and play for us, that they're going to be part of the family. So that, that's really kind of what we've gotten a lot of. And even a former UCF guy is now the running backs coach here at FAU, right? Yeah, yeah. K. Smith. Yeah, he's down here. He's doing a great job, and I know he's got the same mentality. And you know, he's from down in Miami, so it's really fun for him to be back down this way for sure. You got a couple of Nebraska tie guys here, Lane Kiffin, Monty Kiffin. Did you get a chance to visit with any of the Kiffins? You know, I did. I was I was hanging out with uh, with Coach Kiffin, Monty, uh, before camp started, and got to just. You know, glean a little bit of knowledge from him and his time in Nebraska. And he actually, his son uh, Lane just brought him a book earlier uh, about Bob Devaney. So it was pretty cool to see. And we got to talking and some of his old haunts that he used to hang out at. So it was pretty cool. Now, when you um, when you look at your team now, the guys you have at outside linebacker, what's the biggest thing you're looking for going forward as you start to kind of build for the future at that position? You know, one of the things that we, you know, one of the things that's going to be paramount for us is having some guys that can really rush and get after the quarterback. I think that's kind of been, uh, as you go back and you start to analyze and look at some of the numbers over the last few years, that's probably the one glaring thing that sticks out is being able to disrupt the quarterback's launch point or get sacks and do things in the, in the pass rush world. So we're really starting to look, and we've gotten some guys we feel pretty comfortable with in space and playing in coverage. Now we really want to start to develop the pass rush aspect of what we're going to do Yeah, Breon Dixon was cleared academically or el- eligibility-wise by NCAA. Yep. Uh, how big was that in the grand scheme of what you want to do with the number of guys you want to play at outside? Yeah. I think it's huge for us. I think obviously the first thing that it does is it creates a little bit more depth, more options for us, allows our defense to be a little bit more multiple than maybe we would have been if we wasn't eligible. Uh, so we're really excited about what he can do. Not, you know, he's not, you know, he's a smaller guy, but it's not like he can't rush the quarterback as well. You know, he does some really good things with his hips and his feet that he allows him to get underneath some tackles and be able to get disrupt some of the launch points of the quarterback. So it's been pretty good for us. Tyron Ferguson was another guy you mentioned had a good spring. Right. What did you like about his spring? You know, he just attacks practice every single day and every single rep. So it, it's very similar to what we had with Griff over at UCF uh, in terms of his mentality at practice. You know, it's 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 always good for me when I have to say whoa, not giddy up. And so Ferg is one of those guys, hopefully I'll have to say whoa a couple more times, but he's done a great job. He really attacks sprint really well. And Luke Gifford's trying to get back, but what do yeah. you like about him? Uh, 
obviously the only thing I've really been able to judge with Luke is his mental capacity um, because he was so limited during the spring so it wouldn't have been fair for me to really evaluate him but he's got such a good head on his shoulders for the game and I'm going to be really excited to get a chance when he's able to go full tilt be able to coach him up a little bit I think for him it's just going to be about getting the actual physical reps and getting his body conditioned and you know I expressed to him throughout the course of spring how important it's going to be for him to get physically ready to play I'm not worried about the mental aspect but I want to make sure that he's physically ready to go and not put him in harm's way uh, you know, risking a, taking a chance at an injury when you know he's, he's got to sit off for such a long period of time. Caleb Tanner got to campus. Yeah. How excited are you for Extremely, Sam? extremely excited. Long, lean kid. Um, you know, he, he obviously hasn't been all that developed in the weight room quite yet, but you can already tell that he's got the physical stature and the gifts that you really want to improve. And uh, lastly, South Florida. You said Cuban food. Give me your best Cuban restaurant around here. Uh, La Carreta down in, in Cayocho. Best place ever. All right, we're going to try to hit that up. Thanks, Coach. Absolutely. No problem. Talk to you later. And thanks again to outside linebackers coach, special teams coordinator, Javon DeWitt, as he shared a lot of interesting things there about some of Nebraska's current players and also just kind of his success down in the state of Florida. And, and we'll stick on that subject when we come back as Travis Fisher, who handles uh, Miami, primarily the uh, South Florida part here for Nebraska. We caught up with him as well as we'll hear from Nebraska's DB's coach, Travis Fisher, next on the Husker Online Show. Dope. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan on the special Satellite Camp Tour edition. We are in Fort Lauderdale putting a wrap on Nebraska's Adidas Satellite Camp Tour. And you just heard from outside linebackers coach Javon DeWitt. And now we had a chance to catch up with Nebraska's secondary coach. Uh, We heard from Travis Fisher as uh, he recruits primarily the Miami area for the Huskers. But he talked about a lot of things, including um, the importance of places like St. Louis going forward. Here's my full conversation with Travis Fisher. Sean Callahan here. We're in uh, Boca Raton, Florida at the uh, Florida Atlantic Adidas Satellite Camp. Nebraska secondary coach Travis Fisher joining us here. First of all, it's got to be fun for you to be back in Florida, seeing a lot of guys you know. This is kind of your stomping grounds. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good to be back. Um, Obviously, a lot of these kids around here, we've been knowing a lot of them since they were freshmen. Um, you know, even some of them, eighth grade, middle school. But it's good to be back around these kids and get to recruiting. When you just look at just pure DB talent, is there a better area in the country than the Miami, Florida area? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's not a better place, but Miami, Florida is, is very, it's the hotbed. Um, um, and recruiting, and I think it's very important that we stay down there, number one, and that we do a good job down there. And still, and I, you know, we have a great relationship with the coaches, the high school coaches down there in Miami. Um, obviously, it's plenty of kids. The 2020 class, 2021 class, it's loaded. Yeah, for you guys, just being at FAU, FIU all day here, with you know, you're going to get a chance to see potentially. 2,000 kids. How beneficial is that to see that many kids knowing it's pretty hard to get a lot of these kids even to get to a camp outside of Miami? Well, uh, we've been having doing, doing some satellite camps and, um, you know, we did a couple at Lindenwood and then, and then moved on down to Georgia, Kennesaw State. There's a bunch of kids um, in those areas too. Um, obviously, the, the ones down here, um, the one we're at right now in the FAU camp and the FIU camp and later on today. It's very important that we get down here. It's a lot of speed down here, a lot of uh, skill position kids down here. 
And then we did, saw, uh, we did see a couple kids down here uh, today. Um, great signs. Yeah, I want to ask you about, you mentioned Lindenwood. St. Louis is kind of an area that you've really gotten involved in as well. Um, how big is it for Nebraska to, to kind of beat that door down and get into St. Louis and try to get some of those top kids? Yeah, when we were recruiting, I always say when we were recruiting, when we were um, coaching over, you know, over at UCF, it was very important that we made Miami, Florida, um, a hot, you know, what we wanted to lay our, our, our nets in and, and recruit big time. And I think being in Nebraska in the Midwest, I think St. Louis is that area. That's your Miami. Yeah, that's, that's, your, that's our Miami. And I think it's very important that those that we get those those kids out of St. Louis area because, be honest with you, that area is kind of no one no, no one owns it, no one owns it, and I think it's very important in Nebraska. Um, you know, this logo uh, it, it means a lot. So you guys and uh, yourself, Troy Walters, I mean Greg Austin, a number of you guys seem like you're involved down there. Yeah, yeah, all of us, all of us have had a little snippet down there and um, doing a good job with the coaches and getting back familiar with showing the faces that um, you know used to seeing in St. Louis. I wanted to ask you too about your run at Central Florida just being back around here how much do people still talk to you about what you guys did and how much credibility does that give this staff when they come back in this state? Well these kids know us these kids know us down here and they want to be a part of that the deal at UCF mostly all of these kids um, came to our camps um, over a couple of, uh, couple of years so they know our whole staff. When they see us, they come running up. They know us, so it's, it's very important. And I'm glad that we have that relationship with these kids down here. I got to ask you a little bit about the, the current guys on the Husker roster. Um, you guys are obviously still looking maybe at some different late additions for the roster. Uh, kind of what's your thought process on the type of guys if you add more players that you want to add to this team? Well, we want to we want to add we want to add um, um, skill, uh, especially in the back end, the secondary. Um, I speak for my position. Uh, we really want to get uh, some guys that can really play, move around, get tough guys, guys that love football. And I think that's very important, whether they come from Florida, whether they come from anywhere in the country, those guys you know, are going to be able to love. They're going to love football. Um, they're going to be tough. Well, Coach, it's good seeing you down here in Miami, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you back in Lincoln. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks again to secondary coach Travis Fisher as we caught up with him in Miami, it was a busy, busy week for him as the Huskers made multiple offers in both Atlanta in Miami at the different satellite camp events. And um, it's always going to be a heavy, heavy area with defensive back talent as Fisher continues to add. He's added a, a grad transfer, excuse me, he's added a junior college transfer here just recently and, you know, still in the market maybe for another body um, if it all works out. But uh, that will be something if it develops, um, you know, he's going to have to have somebody come on campus and visit. Uh, but they are still in the market, no question, for more players potentially in the secondary. All right, when we come back, we're going to catch up with defensive coordinator Eric Shenander. He was also out here in the Miami and Atlanta areas the last couple of days, and we caught up with Shenander, and you'll hear from him next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan as um, we continue this special satellite camp tour edition of the program. We're in Fort Lauderdale um, as we're getting ready to leave town on Friday morning. Uh, just putting a wrap on this satellite camp tour. And um, you just heard from Travis Fisher, outside linebackers coach Javon DeWitt. Um, we also had a chance to, to talk with Nebraska's defensive coordinator, Eric Shenander, who 
who's been busy on the recruiting trail. He's been all over the country. He's been to Hawaii. He's been to Alabama. He's been to Iowa. He's been um, everywhere imaginable as it's been a very busy month of May for Nebraska's new defensive coordinator who um, talked about a lot of things, uh, including the satellite camp tour and then uh, kind of his plans for recruiting even in places like Iowa. Sean Callahan here in Boca Raton at the Florida Atlantic Satellite Camp. We're joined by Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Shenander. Coach, it's got to be fun being back here in Florida. You guys, the last two years, have just established some credibility in the state. Uh, what's it like kind of getting back down here? Well, it's good seeing a lot of these kids that we recruited um, when we were at UCF and now obviously since we're at Nebraska, there's a big time interest from all these kids and coaches and they want to know what it's like up there and we're telling them how great of a place it is and we just got to get them up there to see it in person but it's, it's great being back here. As the defensive coordinator at an event like this what are you looking at? I mean are you looking all defensive guys or do you even kind of tip your toe on the offensive side a little bit since you only have four coaches down here? No we're, we're helping each other out I think everybody's splitting up um, I went and looked at some O&D linemen since the O&D line coaches are, are back on campus and the skill guys were watching and then this second uh, session I'll be looking at some receivers and DBs also. So. Just the talent down here in general, speak to the level. When you go around the country, how does South Florida, this area, stack up to all the other places you go? Well, I think there's there's certainly a, a few hotbeds in the country right now, and South Florida is as good as any of them, I think. And um, I really enjoy the kids down here. They love football, they love playing the game, and they, they do it the right way. So the, I think the talent's good and the attitude's good down here. When you look at getting Florida kids to Nebraska, what's a realistic number of guys Per year you can kind of shoot for uh, to get up in, in, in a class? Uh, I think anytime you go that far away from home, it just has to be the right kid. Um, so I don't think you put a number on it, but as long as they're the right kids, you can take as many as you want from anywhere. If it's, if it's 10 from, from Florida, great. If it's 2 from Florida, great. Um, we just have to make sure they're the right kid for Nebraska. How much do people still ask you about your team last year, even down here now, uh, just what you guys did, and how much does that get kids' attention to say, you know what, I want to maybe check out Nebraska because of what happened at UCF? Well, I think a lot of these kids were around since it was so easy to get on our campus, but the coaches and the kids all know the staff, and that's the most important thing. They're like, Coach, I love your staff at UCF. Now I want to see what you're going to do at Nebraska. Uh, so the connections are big, and it's just big being around these guys again. i got to ask you, too, about the state of Iowa. You're from Iowa. You played at Iowa. Uh, we've seen Nebraska. Nebraska. I know you can't talk about specific names, but we've seen Nebraska, our kids report Iowa offers more than ever before. Uh, how big is that for you to try to get Nebraska more into the state of Iowa? Oh, I think, you know, like Coach Frost talks about when, when, when he was playing, I think you have to be able to get a couple kids out of Iowa. You have to be able to get kids out of St. Louis, Missouri, Minnesota, the Dakotas. You have to be able to go in and get some of those guys. We're not going to take a million from Iowa, but we're going to take the right ones, just like the right ones from down here. So I think it's a very important for us. And you're offering young guys. I mean, the 20s and the 21s. I mean, uh, how do you, I mean, just with your knowledge, how many advantages do you have just kind of maybe finding out about some of these kids? Uh, I think I got a big time advantage. Uh, the coaches know me. A lot of the, the players that we're recruiting right now, I know their parents. Uh, so I, I think we have a, an advantage with these young kids coming in. And I think you got to recruit these guys young, especially if you know they're great players. You look at your defense now coming back, a lot of the newcomers have arrived on campus. Uh, what excites you about maybe some of the new pieces that you'll be adding uh, to what you already have? Well, we've been out doing camps and stuff, so I haven't seen those guys live yet, but I'm excited about these young kids. I'm excited about some of the walk on. Some of those guys look look tremendous, and I know a couple of them had 
a great Shrine game. Um, but some of these newcomers are going to play for us, and we're going to play the best guys no matter what always. But I mean, I'm excited about this, this group. You've added uh, a couple of transfer guys and whatnot. But when you look to add guys like that, what exactly are you looking for when maybe it's a one-year or two-year type situation? You know, sometimes you're looking for everything. Sometimes you're looking to improve depth. Sometimes you need to fill a position immediately. Sometimes you want help in the room to just give the maturity level up or, or the attitude in the room. Sometimes you want to push the rest of the guys in the room, make everybody else compete a little bit more because there's a new guy in town. But transfers are important if, if you can find the right ones again. As uh, you look at just your defense overall, what do you like the most about kind of the, what you have right now? Is there an overall strength in your eyes as you kind of sit here in June? You know, I, I think what excites me most is what we haven't seen yet. We're, we're growing. The kids are growing up in the defense. We're growing. Uh, their attitude's getting getting better and better all the time. They're getting uh, more confident in the scheme and themselves. So I, I think I'm just excited about what we haven't seen yet. Well, Coach, it was great seeing you here down in Florida. Great to see you. Thank you. And thanks again to Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Shenander as uh, it's always fun to catch up with Coach Shenander on the road here as he's been a busy guy, not only over the month of May, but at these satellite camps, evaluating talent. Nebraska made several new offers here, um, a lot on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, Schnander's brought in a few new transfers as well. So um, he's been a very, very active guy uh, the last few weeks for the Huskers as they kind of get ready to close things out and move into August and fall camp. All right, when we come back, Nate Klaus will rejoin me here in Fort Lauderdale, and we'll put a wrap on camp season, the satellite camp tour, and everything we saw here in Atlanta, in Miami, and even St. Louis uh, over the last week. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. You just heard from Javon DeWitt, Eric Shenander, and secondary coach Travis Fisher as Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus are putting a wrap on things. Um, we're in Fort Lauderdale as Nebraska is concluding kind of their major run of satellite camps. They're going to still hit a few more uh, later in the month. They're going to be at the University of South Florida uh, in Tampa. Um, there's going to be another Adidas-sponsored event there. Um, but, you know, the, the two main ones, Nate, and, and this is why we came um, on this tour are Atlanta and Miami. And Nebraska was very active. There's three camps that we covered, Kennesaw State and Atlanta, Florida Atlantic and Boca Raton with Lane Kiffin hosting. And then um, you had the Florida International c Camp um, with Butch Davis running that event um, with his staff. Always uh, great to see old Butch and, and, old Butch. and get, to <laughs> get to see Coach Butch. But weather um, made things pretty interesting. I mean, we dealt with – probably five or six straight hours of rain in the afternoon. It rains almost every day here in the afternoon in Miami. But nonetheless, Nebraska was pretty productive on this trip. Uh, they identified a handful of new players. They made a handful of new offers. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, it's it's all about, uh, you know, getting those new guys on your radar. Because you you obviously, from from being out on the road during the spring, you're, you're well aware of the guys that you like, the, the players that you've offered. Um, usually you have some sort of rapport with those players already uh, through, you know, building that relationship with them. And, and so these satellite camps, though, are a great opportunity for, for maybe some of those kids that, that come from schools that you didn't get out to during the spring or, 
or underclassmen that, that are still rising up through the ranks that, that maybe the coach didn't tell you about when you walk, went through the school. And, and I think that's where Nebraska really made a lot of headway this week. When, when uh, you're in Georgia and there's 1,500 or more kids there, um, you know, it, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, lot of players out there. Uh, and I know each one of these camps, um, there's probably 30 to 40 guys that you know, probably Nebraska probably circled or marked on their sheets, and that they're look they're going to be you know having their their administrative staff in, in the recruiting office maybe do a little legwork and, and dig up a little information on these guys, gather their film, uh, probably have some meetings and, and watch a little bit more film on these players. Uh, but they're on the list now; they're on the radar, and they're going to probably start getting mail and and kind of start start that whole process. And that's what these camps are about. I mean, they're a great opportunity for these kids to to get out in front of a bunch of different coaches, and obviously for the coaches to see uh, a bunch of these kids and. What I really enjoyed watching, especially in Georgia and Florida, uh, where these staffs are, are fairly well connected, is is just you know how they operated. Uh, you know how many high school coaches and players were coming up to the to the to the Nebraska staff, and they have what I call street credit down here. <laughs> they they really do. Um, you know, in, in Georgia, it's it's definitely Sean Becton. I mean, that's that's his area. He. He is very well connected, very well respected. And he's a southern guy. He's not a northerner trying to recruit the south. I mean, he is a guy that coached high school football in North Florida, and he's one of them. So those coaches down there really respect him and, and, and trust him. Yeah, they really do. And, and it was fun. it's just fun to watch those interactions because uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of coaches and a lot of well-established coaches uh, that you know would go up to Coach Becton, and and they they were long friends. You know, it was you know a big hug and an embrace and laughs and um, just a you know that's it was different than than what we've kind of seen in the past. And you're doing a lot of introducing before, mm-hmm. but there's really no relationship. Exactly, and and I think that that's the difference is. Um, you can recruit the South, uh, but in order to be productive recruiting the South, especially if you're at a school like Nebraska, I mean, you, you have to be consistent with it. You can't just be a flyby, drive-by recruiter. You, you have to be consistent with it. You have to build those relationships with the coaches, with the kids. And, and I think that's, that's going to be the difference, I think, with a lot of these coaches at, at Nebraska now in this area. Well, even Javon DeWitt. His reputation, especially in this Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale area, Boca Raton, I mean, he still owns a home down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Becton still owns his home in Orlando. I mean, a lot of these coaches still consider Florida a second home to the point probably when they recruit down here, they might stay at their other house. I mean, they, they have just so many ties and connections. But Javon DeWitt, we heard some just wonderful yeah. stories from people about his recruiting prowess and just – how well he recruits the Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton area. Yeah, he is everywhere when he comes down here. He he knows how to get from from point A to point B in an efficient manner. Um, you know, we were at Florida International last night, and and there was a, a gentleman there who who helped kind of put on a, a spring jamboree where you know all these different schools have their spring games that started at ten o'clock in the morning, and the last game started at eight o'clock at night, and. Uh, you know, a great idea to, to kind of have 
all these teams in one spot for the co college coaches to evaluate the players and, um, you know, where they didn't have to drive all over the city to see all these games. Well, it was raining out. It was terrible weather. Uh, a lot of the coaches left pretty much right away. Uh, but this guy who was telling us the stories, he said every time he'd look up into the stands where the college coaches are sitting, Javon DeWitt was there. And game after game, from 10 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, Javon DeWitt was in the stands. And he said that's why Nebraska is going to get players out of here. It's because of the dedication. Because those players noticed that there was a guy from Nebraska, Javon DeWitt, the guy that recruits all these schools, that's in these schools every winter, every spring. He was in those stands from start to finish through the rain, scouting players all day long. And that same guy, full disclosure, we talked to him last year and, and – he wasn't really that high on Nebraska's recruiting in South Florida and says they're they're not doing it at a high high enough level to get good players where he said this year to us it's totally different with guys like DeWitt and you know they, they divide Florida up into four different coaches no different than how they kind of did things at UCF. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, and and it's it's all about those those types of connections and the relationships who has what area. Uh, DeWitt has that Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, Fisher's South Florida, like Miami. Yep, Fisher's the, the South uh, Miami area. And then you've got uh, you know, Barrett Root in, in Tampa. Obviously, he's, he's well-known there. Uh, Beckton does Tallahassee and then Orlando Jacksonville. And, and Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, I think when you, when you split it up like that and you, you're putting guys that they're, they're familiar with their surroundings, they're well-known in those areas – um, and then, of course, the, the dedication and, uh, you know, the consistency. I think that's, that's the key, and, and that's why Nebraska is going to be successful in these areas. I want to ask you about one of the comments that we just heard from Travis Fisher. Uh, when, when he talked about recruiting, he said, when we were at UCF, Miami was the biggest city near Orlando that we had to make a priority. Nobody had a real strong foothold on that city, and we could go in there and get guys. He goes, when I'm at Nebraska now – the city to me that is our new Miami is St. Louis. And he said we have to make it an emphasis. And, God, I mean, we I think people are probably tired of hearing you and I talk about the importance of St. Louis. But it is far and away the best city within the 500 miles of Lincoln. Um, there's far and away the most four-star, potential five-star guys in St. Louis. This new staff has learned that pretty quickly. They have gone in there kind of with a almost a multi-staff approach. You've got Troy Walters, Travis Fisher, Greg Austin, and then Kenny Wilhite is kind of a brain trust for St. Louis. Mm -hmm. um, they've really tried to make it a priority, and I thought it was interesting to hear Fisher say um, St. Louis is our new Miami. Yeah, that, that is very interesting to hear him say that, and I think it's, it's a wise move on Nebraska's part. I mean, this because like you said, we've been talking about this. We've kind of been beating this drum. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, for a long time. You've got Illinois that's down. You've got Missouri that's down. Um, and, and, and I mean, both those schools legitimately could be going through another coaching change. And everybody else just coach. cherry picks it. Yeah, and everyone else cherry picks it. So, I mean, it's open. If you do it, just like we've been talking about, the consistency, if you go down there and make your presence felt and recruit it consistently from start to finish every year or, or making the rounds, regardless of who has players now, um, I, I think that Nebraska can pull guys out of St. Louis. And, um, you know, and, and they've kind of – you know, over the past, I don't know, five years or so, I, I think that they've they've kind of tried or, or have had plans on recruiting that area well, but just hasn't, nothing has really kind of come to fruition there. And, and so to hear Travis Fisher say that, I, I think, is refreshing. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you this much, 
based off what I saw when, when I was at the St. Louis satellite camp, um, Fisher and Walters are, are definitely creating those relationships. I, I saw an awful lot of coaches go up to those guys. Um, they, they were, there was a, a lot of conversations being had there uh, with, with some prominent people in, in the St. Louis high school football uh, arena. So I, I think they're, they're doing it. The They've right been able way. to break the ice. <clears throat> They've been able to break that ice. And they're doing it the right way. And, you know, it, it, it may or may not happen this year, but uh, I, I'm telling you, if they stick with it, that can be a fruitful area for the Huskers. Now, Nebraska had their individual camps, Nate, in Lincoln. Uh, roughly 250 prospects took part in the two events, so not huge numbers. Uh, they were day camps, like noon to four, same day as Atlanta and Miami. Um, but I think the two stories that came out of the camps, Tyler Van Dyke, um, a quarterback out of uh, Connecticut. He's a 2020. He's a four-star. No Nebraska offer yet. Do I do I understand that correctly? Not yet, but it seems like he's he could be very close to getting one. And he did really well. Then Xavier Betts from Bellevue West um, talked briefly to Mike Huffman, the coach of Bellevue West, and he said Barrett Rude and and even uh, Jalen Bradley, um, the current Nebraska running back from Bellevue West. Uh, said Betts blew away everybody with his performance. So those are probably the two main stories that came out of camp in Lincoln. Um, Miko Masoner was there. I'll be, I'd be curious to know what he ran. Caden yeah. uh, McCormick was there as well uh, from Lincoln Southwest. So, you know, not, not, not the star power you're going to see at Friday Night Lights, but still enough to chew on here the last two days in Lincoln as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, the Van Dyke kid, the, the quarterback from Connecticut – it's not every day you, you hear about a four-star quarterback from Connecticut visiting Nebraska or camping at Nebraska. Uh, but I guess there's some there's – That's got to be Verducci. Well, there's a connection, too. I guess his father does business in Omaha. Uh, so insurance, well, Connecticut's a big insurance area. Like it's, it's like one of the insurance capitals of the world, so it wouldn't be surprising if it's tied somehow into Omaha. Yeah, so, so that's, I guess that's part of the connection there. And he is a dual-threat guy. I know he's listed by rivals as a pro-style quarterback, but – he ran a four six forty at, at the camp, and uh, you know, I, I mean, he's a very intriguing prospect. He's a he's a, listed as a top one hundred recruit for twenty twenty right now, uh, which is the state of Connecticut doesn't crank out a ton of those guys on a yearly basis. Our boy Mike Farrell lives in Connecticut, so we've got a little bit of a, an advantage having the number one rivals guy um, right inside Connecticut. Yeah, exactly. And, and then with Xavier Betts, I mean, that does not surprise me in the least bit to, <laughs> to hear that, that he went out and just dominated. I mean, he is – he's a legitimate top 100. Josh Helmel told us in Chicago he's a potential five-star guy. Yeah. I mean, he said there's two players in the, in the Midlands region that we're in that could be five-star receivers, and he was one of them. Yeah, and the other one's from St. Louis. So, I mean, this is uh, – uh, it's it's nice to have one of those no-brainer type of kids right in your own backyard if you're Nebraska because it doesn't always happen or, or when it you know when it does happen it's it's um, you know there's not a, just a ton of those guys all the time you've had Cameron Jurgens I guess through the past couple of years uh, but I think Xavier Betts could could definitely be that guy for 2020 and um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how his recruitment continues from here. But there's no doubt he is he's a legitimate high caliber prospect. Well, we're going to uh, get back to, to Lincoln as we wrap things up in Florida. But uh, next week, Nebraska's coaches will be on speaking tours all throughout the beginning of the week. Um, and then on Friday, they will have their first Friday Night Lights camp in Lincoln 
and a seven-on-seven camp as well. So uh, there'll be plenty of things over the next seven days going on, um, not only in Lincoln, across the entire state. But uh, that wraps it up here as we sign off in Fort Lauderdale. Thanks for joining us here on another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 